everyone and welcome to another episode of Solace in the City. I'm your host Zoe and today I'm here with the founder of J-Swipe and Millennial as well as my friend David Yarth. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I have so much to ask you about. Um, if you don't mind starting off by just kind of introducing yourself, um, giving me your story, where are you from, where did you go to school? Cool. I, uh, my name is David. I grew up in Miami Beach, Florida. Um, I went to uh, Babson College, a school in Boston specific for entrepreneurship, and I moved to New York in 2010, um, and I've been here ever since. And what brought you to New York? Uh, You could say I moved here for a dream job um, and to meet a nice Jewish girl. Yeah, and I moved to the Upper West Side because I was told that that's where they all lived, Um, and it was a silly and, you know, a little bit of a ridiculous experience, but I, um, the job that I moved here for was really, really, um, you know, impactful and formative on my understanding of business and uh, marketing and you know entrepreneurship, and I learned a lot, loved it a lot, and it was an incredible time. So, when you moved to New York, did you know anyone here? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm sure some people, but I really kind of moved without any one specific in mind. Um, and then, of course, New York, the way it is, that, you know, friends surfaced from different times of life that happened to be living here, happened to be moving here, traveling through, but definitely didn't have, like, an established network when I, when I got to the city. How did you start forming a network? I think through originally Shabbat dinner, um, like Shabbat, you know, in the Upper West Side where I moved, there's, like, a whole Shabbat, like, scene. It's, it's pretty funny and a little ridiculous, but um, I like to think of it as, like, Jewish meets spring break where like hundreds and hundreds of people are like flooding the streets on Friday night walking between friends houses and then you like have dinner at one friend and you know there's 10-15 people and then after dinner you go to some other friend's house and there's another 10-15 people it's you know it's a it's actually it was a great way to meet a lot of people very quickly Mm -hmm. Um, and I had one or two friends who I didn't know lived there but happened to live there and then they sort of took me under their wings and introduced me to their friends and then one thing led to another. Yeah, I think that's definitely one really powerful thing about the Jewish community is, is it is such a community. I mean, even with birthright and things like that, I just I really appreciate that um, for my own sake, and I can see how it would be very beneficial if you came here and didn't really know anyone. That was great. And then also the workplace that I was in, it was like a 100, 150-person social media agency, lots of young people, lots of fun. So I had like friends like work friends, and then I, you know, met their sort of networks and spheres. And then I had, like, my, like, Upper West Side Shabbat friends. And at what point did you begin J-Swipe? Like, how did that come to be? <clears throat> it basically came about because I was, you know, doing all the things back in the day to, like, you know, meet people. And, um, yeah, it was just a, specifically in, like, you know, trying to find someone Jewish and then in the Upper West Side, where, you know, going to all these, like, birthday parties and Shabbat dinners and all these things, and it was, like, it was so odd, because it just felt super, like, uncomfortable. I don't know why. It's hard to explain, but, like, everyone was there, theoretically, to meet someone, but then you you would meet people, and, you know, if you somehow mustered up the courage to, like, walk across the room, like, it just felt like everyone was just, you know, you would say, hi, oh, hi, how are you, good, good, how are you, but, like, everyone's just kind of, like, checking everyone else out the whole time, and people were just like present and with you and like open and connected. And that is how I, you know, 
it was very unusual compared to how I experienced every other form of meeting people anywhere else other than specifically in the realm of dating. Um, and around that time, Tinder came out and really just disrupted how people uh, connect. And, you know, the Tinder guy's business model definitely wasn't like, let's start a hookup app. It was just that they made something um, so light touch and so easy with like click, click, now you're meeting anyone in the city. So it was such a, you know, sort of at the time revolutionary way to connect with your community or connect with people around you. Um, but if you were specifically looking for someone Jewish, it wasn't a particularly effective way of going about that because there wasn't really any filters. And yeah. I heard people where you're like, either you didn't know, right? And then you would match and then maybe it's your opening line, like, hey, like, are you Jewish? But that's not <laughs> that's a weird. particularly sexy opening line. <laughs> or you don't ask and then you like, you know, eventually maybe get to the date. And if it's important for you or a deal breaker to something you, you know, you're hoping for, but maybe, maybe not like then it will just it's not responsible for either person's time or respectful mm-hmm. um or people were like like coding it in their profiles with like emojis or like it's ridiculous like and what so kind of emojis well uh, well uh the like the purple oh, yeah, star that. emoji or like the israel flag emoji or whatever and then my buddy told me that he uh, apparently mot was like tinder code for like member of the tribe <laughs> And oh so apparently God. that was it. Anyways, and so it was just clear that I, you know, people sometimes say like, how did you think of the idea? And I'm like, mm, honestly, I feel like any Jewish person using Tinder thought of the idea. Yeah. We just did it. We just executed, you know, quickly, well, and with, you know, blessing, miracle, luck, and, you know, a lot of hustle, it, it, it kind of became a thing. Yeah. Well, you just said like that Tinder disrupted the way we connect, which I definitely agree with. And I mean, now all dating apps, like there's hundreds do you think that's necessarily a good thing? I think like anything, there's good and bad, right? Like, let's start with social media. Is social media good or bad? You know, Depends how you A, think. you could say horrible because everyone's depressed and, you know, people are lonelier than they've ever been, etc. And on the flip side, you know, the good is that now you're able to keep in touch with the people throughout your life from childhood, from middle mm-hmm. school, from college, that maybe you otherwise would have totally lost touch with, but in now, like, in a digitally connected world, you know, you still have some type of way of getting in touch and seeing what they're up to. So... You know, in, in terms of dating, I think it's done, you know, a lot of good in the sense that there's hundreds of thousands of couples, maybe millions from everyone's, you know, collective dating apps around the world, you know, that are now happy and, you know, doing their thing that they've found through technology. I actually heard the, I think last year it was one out of every three um, relationships was th- through, you know, some form of dating app or site or whatever, which is wild. But on the flip side, it's also done a lot of, you know, it's introduced a lot of new challenges uh, yeah. based on, you know, a variety of things. But for example, I think one of the most challenging pieces was um, it solved, let's call it a sourcing issue or an options issue. Like when I was living in the Upper West Side, maybe over a few, over three years, there was like a handful of people that I met that I actually wanted to like hang out with or go on a date with. And like, and an even smaller, you know, amounts of people who I actually did. Mm-hmm. Now you could be sitting in your pajamas, you know, eating French fries, watching Netflix and like have access to connect with anyone either in around your city or around the world. So like options of people to meet are, you know, endless. Mm-hmm. So it solved like the problem of like not finding someone you would want to go on a date with. What it that almost has went to the, extre- the extreme of for sure. paradox of choice. Exactly. Kind of thing. So what it you know, introduced was the, the challenge of the fact that now everyone has so many options that scientifically proven exactly the paradox of choice. Um, all the studies show, not dating specific, but in general in life, psychology, 
the more options you have, the less likely you are to choose. Yep. And the more likely you are to regret a choice after you choose it. And so, you know, people are in a more confusing time because while they have, you know, more options, um, that actually makes it a lot harder to actually find love. And so, you know, again, good and bad. I think ultimately it's about, you know, self-control, uh, discipline, moderation, you know, like everything. Yeah. Have you read Aziz Ansari's Modern Love? Have. Yeah. Wild. Loved it. Same. The, yeah. And the thing with the tea. You know how they, he, uh, they did that study where the people went and looked, or maybe it was like candles, I don't know. It was, they looked at five different types of tea and they like asked after the person made the decision how long it t- t- took to make the decision and how, and then they'd come back later and say, are you happy with that tea? And the people who had five teas to choose from made it quicker and were happier and then the people with like 50 teas to choose from were less happy took longer to make the decision and were less happy yeah totally so it definitely could be translated to everything um kind of what you were saying that like as to what i guess you're like when you're you know swiping through the apps i was just thinking of kind of what I that I mean back when I used to go on Hinge and things like that, I would like find myself only really going on when I was lonely, bored, or like needed a boost of confidence kind of thing. Like oh, like five guys liked me, that feels pretty good. And like I would pretty much just blindly swipe in things like that. I don't know if I, I mean I'm sure not everyone does that, but that's probably how I would imagine most people navigate those dating apps. Um, but do you think that people ever use dating apps, not just J-Swipe, not just Hinge, but to feel less alone? Or no? Sure. I mean, I think dating apps, any type of social media, like people are doing it to feel connected or to feel loved or to feel liked or to feel desired. Um, yeah. Yeah. Makes me kind of sad. Like, I mean, it's it's weird though because on one hand, I guess it may be solving a temporary problem, but causing a bigger one. Does that make sense? You're saying for the individual or collective? It, both the individual and collective. I mean, you go on to feel less alone, but if it didn't exist in the first place, you wouldn't have that problem to need to solve. Mm, I'm not sure. I think people would still, I mean, in a place like New York City, I think people, yeah. I, I don't think people would feel more let's say let's say dating apps didn't exist but social media exists yeah exactly like i was talking to my i think it was my roommate about this yesterday and we were saying we were kind of having the same conversation of whether dating apps are for the better or for the worse and we kind of came to the conclusion that although like yes it's disrupted the way we've connected and whatnot but if it weren't dating apps we'd just be you know constantly scrolling through and scam and sliding into people's dms Mm -hmm. so it's it's the way this society is going. It's and pe- people like yourself are being smart and capitalizing on it. It's not necessarily something that's dramatically changed the way we live. It's just in line with how we're moving. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, well, interesting. Again, I think it's like the main thing for me. Some people ask like, "What's the future of dating apps?" And it's funny because like at like a dating conference or dating app conference, people would you know talk about like VR speed dating oh with like gosh. goggles like and that's just so absurd that's never gonna happen or if it's happening it's happening like in the Jetsons in like you know 50 yeah. years you know or then some people talk about like video but I don't think that's really gonna happen because like there's a whole a comfort level of 
not having to care about like what you're like doing or looking like when you're swiping and versus you know if you're on a video it's a, really I think and I'm hoping for and what I my main like sort of narrative or voice in the industry and in our in our company is basically the idea that you know all of these dating apps help you get more dates and really we don't need more dates like no no real dating apps today help you date which means yeah, like deep so in and open and connect and get more vulnerable it's and, like quality over quantity and so I feel like I hope that the future of dating apps in the dating industry is to not just help people get more dates but actually like find the love they're looking for and, and you know do the things that they need to actually date and then ultimately you know get what it is or you know connect with who they're looking for um rather than just get more options and more options and more options that's so smart is there something like that like why haven't you i think the closest thing so far is like hinge in the sense that they've taken what was previously like swipe 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 you know you mm-hmm. know functionality and made it more intentional more thoughtful etc and the yeah. ability to like you know say something about a particular part of the profile or the profile prompts but you know they're still solving let's call it top funnel meaning like more options more options um there i don't think really that i know of is anything that helps you like go further down from like that really great first date through to you know the love it is you know yeah. you're seeking um why haven't <laughs> if you ever want to make another dating app there's oh, your boy. idea right there oh, boy. maybe maybe <laughs> or if anyone happens. listening does <laughs> that's a really that's a really good idea one thing i think that not i don't think dating apps cause this but i think it's definitely made it more common just in that you know you're getting quantity over quality with some of these things is ghosting because I feel like you know if you meet someone at a bar and you hit it off more likely than not the date is probably going to go well because you've already hit it off in person and then maybe you go out a couple times later to decide you know what I'm not really into this guy I can't see long term something long term I'm going to cut it off I I imagine that's what it was like when my parents dated and whatnot. But with Hinge, you're talking, you're texting someone. Basically, you're like, oh, I like the way they text. You go on a date, and then you're like, oh, this is not at all what I imagine this person to like be like, look like, whatever. And then it, you know, you don't really know the person. So I feel like because you, or when I say you, I mean the broad you. I feel like people assume that it's less bad to just stop talking to them. I mean, I'm guilty of this, but, like, just stop talking to them and cut them off cold turkey because the only communication prior to that one date that they had is over text or Mm. basically. What are your, like, thoughts on that? I have a lot of thoughts on ghosting. It's, like, my most, 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 like, deeply, you know, I don't know, supercharged topic that I think of just I think we are in a epidemic of disrespect but I don't think people even realize it meaning people are ghosting people right and left people are getting ghosted right and left and to your point it's happening because people think that it's easier people let's say you had a bad date and you don't want to see that person again it's you know it feels like it would be more hurtful to say hey so-and-so thanks so much but really blank whatever it is not feeling it you know whatever you're gonna say it feels like and I feel it too like it feels like that would hurt them and in an effort to not hurt them or not have to go through that people just hear like "Mm," they're just not gonna respond yeah but what ends up happening is that that person I've totally been there on the other end of it like like it ends up being like so much more confused and like wondering and like still hold space for you know the the possibility versus if someone was just like 
you know, whatever it is, it allows you to have clarity, re release, move through it. And, um, and I think it happens because there's not really an established modern norm or etiquette around this, all of these like rapidly, uh, you know, evolving ways of communication. Yeah. But like, I know to open the door for someone, it's not even a no too. It's like, it, like, it's just part of, you know, you're in, like, you're like part class. of the way that you just like operate in the world. But on the flip side, people don't know to or not to respond. When do you owe, if you ever owe, do you not owe someone a, you know, response? Like if you had one good date, if you had one, you know, if you, all of these different things. So I actually had a conversation with my friends, you know, the other night over Shabbat dinner about A, um, what is considered ghosting? Because someone brought up that if, if you ask for someone to, like if I ask for your number on a dating app mm -hmm. and you give me your number, and I don't follow up with you, is that ghosting? She thought it was ghosting. I was like, eh. uh, no. For me, so. it's like at least one in like offline touch point. Like at yep. least one time you're there together offline and then someone reaches out and then pff, nothing. That to me is what I consider ghosting. Yeah. And so the same friend was saying that she had a, in her phone, I forgot what she called it, but basically like a, like a non-ghosting response text message copy pasted. Like, basically if she had a date that she didn't want to go on you know another date with or you know what could she say that was just her go-to response for that and then we workshopped that a little bit but it's just so it's so sad and I've had like such ridiculous ghosting experiences that are like so like it's not even like a bad day and then you don't you know hear from them again the other thing that kills me and I guess I I guess based on both of our definition of, of ghosting maybe this isn't considered ghosting then we should come up with a funny new agey like millennial word for yeah. it but basically <laughs> like the the ask out on a date get to the yes like yeah sure that'll be fine let's do it da, 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 exchange info and then followed up like hey like how, are you free thursday are you free no answer so it's a similar yeah. ghosting oh, it's just yeah. previous, I've had that you know, happen to be a lot and it's just so crazy it's like why did you give me your number why did you say yes like why any of this and if like if the like result was just going to be essentially ghosting yeah i'm trying to think of a word to, to call it i'll, yeah. I'll think of something yeah. Listeners, yeah, no, that's, let us know. Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely happened to me. And it's like, why message me in the first place? And then here's a question, because it's one that I, I think about sometimes. Like, you know, the last time it happened to me, I was really, really fighting between, like, inside between, like, saying something. Like, hey, totally cool if you're busy or not into whatever. But, like, just, you know, just, just you know, if you were to let me know, that would be really nice. Because otherwise, like, I did it, da and I was like, yeah, at the end of the day, like, they are letting you know by not letting you know. And so how much is it, you know, our individual responsibility to, I don't know, not politely inform others, like, of, like, basically to reflect their behavior to them or, or not. Like, I, I, I ended up not, but it was just, it was yeah. tempting, <laughs> but I didn't want to come off in a funny way. What was the response that you um, and your friend came up with that you bought? So she had this thing that I thought was, you know, I don't remember the specifics, but I'll, I'll, I'll share the thought process. The thought process, there was something like, hey, so-and-so, like, had a really great time, you know, last night. Um, um, where did she go? Like, something like, um, she was saying, like, but, like, it, like, like, it was, basically, she was like, uh, what was she saying? So-and-so had a great time. But like I, it, it's you know, it just seems like there isn't you know that vibe between us. Mm -hmm. So you know, it was you know, it would love to be friends. Da, da, da. So conceptually, I like the fact that she was doing it because I'd rather her be doing that than not doing that yeah. and ghosting. The two things that I had you know callouts on are a, the um, it seems like like we don't have that vibe. 
the basically the presumption of the other person's feelings. Yeah. Right? Because I've true. totally been on the other side. Of it's like, like I you might think I might not have that vibe, but I am feeling that vibe. And so it's like, it's like mm, you know, I'd rather someone own their disinterest or do it in a some type of, I don't know, neutral way. But it's like for, you know, something, I don't know, we could workshop this together, but something like, you know, I'm really just not feeling the romantic vibe. Yeah. Cool. Respect. Love it. Great. Because you're owning it. You're not presuming I mm-hmm. am or not. And then the other one was the idea of like, let's like, let's it would be, be great to be friends. Like, yeah, if you, so do you want, want a new friend, <laughs> cool. Like, if you don't want a new friend, like, see you around or like, you know, whatever. But like, don't basically just be like, tr- pra- try to practice like just living in like truth or living like, you know, sharing honestly. Yeah. I agree with that. Would, I guess, what time do you think is the best to send that? If they reach out again? Um, Not like right after the date. I think that's interesting. a little too Well, I mean, much. I wouldn't do it from like the Uber home. You <laughs> yeah, know? like, oh, had a great uh, time. Like, Not. <laughs> um, I don't know. The next day could be cool. The, yeah. Uh, you know, if they, if for whatever reason. I think if they could, reach out, that's. If they reach out is cool, but I would like at the same time. So for sure, that's, that, that's a safe policy. Yeah. I would say though, the only thing is like. They might be thinking, like, between them reaching out and them not reaching out might also be some, like, inner, you know, struggle or questioning on their side that you could alleviate just by letting them know. Yeah. I, I also had also a... depends. I mean, for me, for example, I mean, I'm, like, what is it? These are total gender norms and whatnot that I'm saying, so uh, whatever, take it as you will, but I would prefer that the, the guy text me after the date whatever and then so I guess that's why I'm saying I I would wait for him to send me a text saying something and then to say you know what I had a great time etc do you send a follow up like if, let's say you had a good time and it wasn't a bad date or whatever do you, oh, do you send like the post date like hey you like that thanks so much I had a really much. great time yeah, yeah. Okay. oh that's rough that's hard because yeah I do but I don't know if I'd send that if I then didn't want to ever see them for well sure. I think I do I would I would say, like, thank you so much for dinner. Like, I had a great time. Um, but I would, like, maybe that's when you, maybe you save that for the next day and then you say the other oh, thing. Oh, yeah. If you're that's saying good, thanks so much, I had a great call. time, I and would then think the next you're like, time. just kidding, yeah. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, that's a good call. See, it's just interesting. We're all still navigating. It's it's confusing. Definitely. Oh, I forget what I was going to say, but it was kind of in line with, like, the, the ghosting. Oh, this is what I was thinking of. Okay, so I saw... It, well, I forget the term, but it was like, oh, it was like a slow fade. Mm-hmm. I think that was something that's now probably going to be resurfaced, like breadcrumbing, whatever. It, but there is like a poll. Um, it was on Lindsay's podcast. We met at Acme, plug. But it was, would you rather be ghosted or have a slow fade? And mm. I think slow fade won. And I would so much rather be ghosted. Mm. Yeah. I'd rather someone just ignore me. And then be like, cool, that I'll take the hint, like, thanks for being a wussy. Then them kind of be busy for the next two weeks, but still talking to me. Like, I that's horrible. Yeah. And that's yeah. happened to me a bunch of times when, yeah. like, I've seen, been seeing someone and they just suddenly cut me off cold turkey. And then I think of every excuse in the world not to be super anxious about it. And then, just kidding, like, I, every anxious thought I had was proven true. Now. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I had to choose between the two, which is a tough choice, because I'd rather <laughs> someone communicate with me, um, it would it would be the same. It would be ghosted. I'd rather be ghosted than not. I remember, like, I think it was like a year and a half, two years ago, I had just this, like, two, like, shocking ghosting experiences, but, like, so much so that I, like, it was just unsettling for a long time. 
And so like over time, I think maybe Lindsay posted something on, you know, as a, like, a, or it was a quote about ghosting and I shared the story and I like dark tagged them in like the bottom corner, meaning like you can't see them tagged, but they'll get a notification about like this ghosting story. Oh and then my one time, God, that's so <laughs> one salty. Time NPR like had this uh, episode in the, you know, on millennials ghosting their employers, apparently as like a way to quit. Oh my God. <laughs> and I felt that, you know, I felt that this one person like had to, you know, you know, if she's, you know, already a ghoster, maybe she wants to like hear the latest updates on ghosting. So I sent her the, the NPR episode via text. Uh, ironically, didn't hear back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, whatever. Well, you gotta do what you gotta do. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break and then I wanna dive into some more personal questions. Okay, so I have to ask you founded a dating app, but do you use them? Or like, have use, you had luck on them? Uh, it depends how we consider luck. Do I use them? Sure, for sure. Um, ebb and flow, like not like consistently, not always. Have I had luck on them? I've met wonderful people, mm-hmm. um, but you know, uh, n- not the one. Do you believe in true love? Yes. What, I, is it, what does true love mean to you? Um, so I, I, there's this concept that I learned from my friends, something called like big love. And I heard also at the TV show, so it's not the TV show, but basically it's this, it's just like, it's just like all the things like not, you know, obviously there's, you know, no one's perfect. You know, there's no such thing as like not compromising on other things, whatever. I get it. Um, but like, it's like that, like fully, you know, heart, you know, like blasting, you know, deep connected cosmic love and it exists. I've seen it. I witness it. You know, it, also, I've witnessed it in like, you know, struggles and triumphs, like mm-hmm. through, you know, community, through friends, you know, and partnerships that are around. Um, um, and it exists. And there's so much conversation now about like, oh, like, like, pe- I feel like there's so much people living in fear uh, and, and like, either settling with, you know, someone that might not be like the fullest, you know, who they're looking for, or, you know, compromising on, you know, core things that they value. Um, to like fill the gap of like and you know wanting wanting partnership wanting love yeah um, and I just don't believe in that because you know in you know Shefa which means abundance um, for sure it exists you just have to like have clarity on what it is you are looking for um, and you know powerfully stand in that and call that in yeah I mean I agree completely I I'm totally a hopeless romantic but I guess to the opposite end of like Set, not settling I my friend or my my college roommate my first college roommate told me this theory that she heard and I thought it was so interesting it was basically saying the way we deal with love or with relationships and things like that is like if we were given a deck of cards let's say you have 10 cards and we flip over the card and let's say it's a jack that's a, a good card and you're like, hmm, okay, but what if the next one is an ace? So we, like, take the chance, whereas we don't just accept what we have. And um, I guess, what what would you think about that? Is that uh, interesting? So for sure, that reminds me of, and you called out um, Aziz and sorry, modern, modern romance, modern love. Mm. Um, he had this concept that he brings up of maximizers versus satisfizers. The idea that, you know, our grandparents' generation they were thought of or referred to as satisfizers, which is like the combination of the word satisfy and suffice. Like mm-hmm. there was like a minimum threshold, like 
you know, benchmark that like people have to reach. Like you're, like, oh, you're oh, a good person. You like, like hear me. You'll be nice to my family. You'll be good. You'll be like you'll be a good you know parent to my kids. Uh, okay, like let's go. Yep. Um, and millennials or, or even younger, or whatever young people today, like we've been we've grown up in a world where everything in our lives, you know, we and the people around us want it to be the best, like mm-hmm. the best grades, the best college, the best school, the best job, the best 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 of everything. And so they, we are referred to as maximizers, where we, we're oh, try, always trying to everything. maximize everything, similar in, in relationships. So that's where, like, the grass is greener comes in. That's mm-hmm. where, like, you have the jack, but you're looking for the ace comes in. Um, and for sure, it's a thing, especially with, you know, dating apps and Instagram and all these things, like, happening around you. Um, and unfortunately, I think because of pop culture, like, lots of the social narratives, uh, I think, hurt us, you know, from or prevent us or definitely don't help us finding that you know that big love or finding our person if anything they like kind of keep us out of it like if you like someone you know don't really show up so much as if you like them like you know like yeah play cool a little bit or like lean out a little bit or you have to protect yourself because like you're gonna get hurt and then people are showing up to these dates with like so much like protection and like self-defense you know in order to prevent themselves from getting hurt they provide they, they create this like space or this buffer which, you know, prevents, like, intimacy, prevents, you know, connectedness, and really is, 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 is hurting. And then the worst part is, you know, if you had a great date, date one, and it was, like, all the things, and then the next day you were at, like, lunch with your girls, and you were like, oh, my God, I just had this amazing date. Like, wow, it was the best. I'm going to delete all the apps. I'm going to stop talking to everyone else. Your friends would be like, whoa, 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 like, cool. It, like, calm down for, like, et cetera. And versus just people just, like, leaning in and, like, being vulnerable and, like, diving you know headfirst into what could be Mm -hmm. and ultimately i you know i think magic doesn't happen in the comfort zone and so you know you know if you're creating that space it's also the same you know space you're creating to like prevent yourself from from getting hurt that's gonna ultimately actually like keep you from really feeling that intimacy and connectedness with someone you're meeting yeah what do you think causes those social norms like i'm I'm just thinking kardashians i don't know tv (laughs) but not even tv like you don't hear people on TV, or at least not the shows I watch, and I watch a lot of shows, but being like, oh, gotta wait, you know, an hour to text him back, I don't want to seem too needy. I feel like that's just something that's we've manifested ourselves. That's a great question. Where do they all come from? Because it's not, you know what I mean? It's not on, like, I'm trying to think of a popular TV show, like Game of Thrones. Yeah, no, they just have dragons. I know, but, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I wonder if it's like I don't you know like, like what started it like it, it's, it's probably so just weird. like old school like an old old school operating system. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? been shifted towards yeah. like technology, I guess. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I mean we're all guilty of it, but it's almost like if you stray from the pack, it's like I don't know. It's interesting. Um, kind of this is kind of segueing, but I go back. Well, actually, no, I I have an opinion on this, but do you think? In order to love someone else, you need to first be fully, like, love yourself. Uh, hmm. Or do you think that even if you don't fully love yourself, you can allow someone to love you? It's a good question. I think... I think that you can love someone and not fully, you know, yet love yourself. You know, I, I, I don't fully all the time love myself, but I, you know, I feel love often. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so it's like... I don't think, but I, I, I think it's more like the question of like, do you need to fully love yourself to feel that you deserve to be loved or that you deserve love? Yeah. Um, and that's a, a trickier question than like, but I, I, I think that 
it's easier for me to feel love for someone else and still like struggle with like full or you know sometimes any self-love versus like if you don't feel love for yourself like how would you feel or why would someone else love you that that makes more you know sense to me yeah i i'm i definitely think that the answer like my answer would be yes like i think you well at least for me i need to be like confident myself and kind of what you were saying with with so i could see oh this is why this person loves me because of my like personality or whatever and I also think if you're not necessarily in the best place then that could potentially lead to an unhealthy relationship because you know maybe you're not maybe you're 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 using that person to feel better about yourself but maybe they don't necessarily treat you the way you deserve and until you know how you deserve to be treated maybe that person or just maybe I don't know that's what that's why I think you need to like work on yourself in order to start letting to include someone else in your life because that should be you should be seeing that as an honor for that person does that make Mm, sense yeah for sure I think also you might be calling in a different person right like what is Mm -hmm, it like people say like you you call into this world like the like what you're putting out or like the energy you put out is what you get like I don't remember the saying but like so if you're like in that you know you know space then you're what you'd be calling in is maybe someone like on a similar energetic frequency of that versus like the you know a different version of you that you you know of the a fully you know loving empowered you know etc self yeah. and, and ideally calling someone in you know for that two things i would say one of them was um last night at shabbat dinner um someone had a powerful reframe we were talking about self-love it was like a conversation that came up we had like a round table like share mm-hmm. um and that was one of the topics but it, like it was you know months multiple people brought it up and i was saying that like recently i'm in this thing called men's group uh so every monday night i meet with a couple of guys and we um same same group for the last year and a half and it's all about like sort of tapping into like feeling and like what is present for you right now in this moment like what is the most uh, present emotion for you in this moment right now like no story no like well, at work, did it, did it? That's all story. But like, what are you feeling right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and someone was talking about this idea of unconditional self love, and I was like, oof, like unconditional self love. Wow. Like, and right now, there's certain areas of my life where I'm like, 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 like the literal opposite of that. I'm like, oof. Like how? Like what? An, what? An, and then, anyways, the reframe at Shabbat that my friend brought up was that you know, love or self love is a verb like meaning it's like a practice it's not mm-hmm. like i'm like i'm like i'm struggling with like like self-love sometimes and he and, and it was like because i feel that there's areas of life that i want to be like operating you know better at in order for me to like deserve like to feel full self-love and he was like but that would in that in that mindset it's more of like a once you do this then there's like a presence it's or a state of being of like self-love versus it being a verb and a practice of you know, loving oneself, on. and yeah. I was like, "Wow, I that's a good way it. to reframe it because yeah. it's like something you do as opposed to a thing." Yeah, which a thing is that always just is or isn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's I like that. Kind of going back to that men's group. This is like something I had written down, and I wanted to kind of go like to discuss is. I think things like that, where you have a group of men talking about their feelings, is a so important. B, so not uh what's the word I'm looking for it's rare 
So how can we encourage, because obviously there's such an epidemic of men opening up and it's very rare that you have men sharing their feelings and talking about, you know, something they're struggling with or something they're going through and this results in the epidemic of suicide and so many other things. How can we, A, encourage men to join things like this, like a men's group or just talk about their feelings because you're pretty open with everything, but I think that's just, you know, because you've talked to people and you of how you were raised and whatnot. But how how do we solve that? That's, that's a good question. I think that there's a lot of conversation around you know toxic masculinity. Yeah. And um, there's a couple of organizations that I I don't know when they were started. Let's say a couple of years ago, but have started to really get some traction around what they would I mean I guess modern masculinity and like what does it look like to be like like a man today mm-hmm. um and and um so the first thing is I think those luckily like those are starting to catch some traction and really grow there's something called Junto which is like a a, a weekend retreat for men usually like 20 to 30 men um on both coasts and is that like, like together like Junto uh I, I don't know maybe yeah. I think that's Spanish. I don't know. <laughs> um, and um, there's an organization called Everyman, which like really yeah, is bringing a lot of content out and sort of frameworks for how to like set up these groups or connect people with the groups. Um, and they're and they're growing and they're they're getting you know more. I wouldn't say mainstream yet, but they're like they're getting more traction, which is great. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be an interesting like you know I think not the quickest journey to get it from you know fringe or sort of new agey you know, um, into, into, you know, bro culture, right? But yeah, that'd be fascinating. And it's, I agree with you. It's super duper important. What do you talk about these meetings? So you, you always talk about something you're feeling. So if someone was saying, you know, I had a really bad day, would that be something they said? So, I mean, yes, but it would be like, it wouldn't be about going into why you had the bad day. It would be like, okay, but what, what emotion are you feeling? So try, like, let's try to pretend you were in a bad day right now. Like, you know, I'm feeling lonely. Okay, great. Right, and then you would be like, "What? Um, where? Where do? Where do you feel the loneliness in your body? If you had to like isolate and like where it is, where where do you feel that loneliness? Like my heart and stomach, probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, if the loneliness could say something, if it if it had words, what would it say? Hmm. That's hard. Try. I don't know. I guess we like crying. I don't know be sad, sad. And, yeah. maybe it would be like 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 i feel so alone if yeah. it's going on theme yeah. and so basically the group is um it's about two hours long monday nights um and um it's not a bit so there, there are a couple of rules one of them is of course we don't like you know share the general like the specifics of who or what you know it, everything stays there what right? happens in no <laughs> happens in group. um um two um no story so like stay out of story time but like well i got this email from this person and blah, 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 blah. great um but not not you know we're, we're, it's about helping someone tap into like their feeling and what's behind that feeling and so um you know the next question would have been maybe like okay so like what what's behind the loneliness and then you can like you go deeper and deeper just to get people clear help them you know refine and like feel into whatever it is that's present for them um and also one of the most important rules is no solutions so it's so easy mm. you know in a group like that to be like oh well well try this or do that or oh no, no, whatever not not the space for that either um and so that's technically what happens and that's then interesting goes around and then sometimes there's like a theme um like let's say 
you know, family or your dad or, you know, your mom or, you know, love or sex or whatever. Um, but often it's just sort of like open, open forum. Um, and that's the format for that one. That's interesting. So what do you do instead of the solution? You just, you just sit with what is. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's cool. Okay, I'm going to take another quick break, and then I'm going to ask you some deep questions that I am oh, obsessed with. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, so I like to end my episodes by asking a couple of deep questions, because I think it, I don't know, I like it. <laughs> so the first question is, what's one thing in your life that's happened that's made you a stronger person today? Mm. Hmm. so interesting I don't know two things come to mind one of them is being an only child Mm -hmm. so I guess it happened kind of before but also throughout my (laughs) life because you know uh, I think it it, it was pretty formative on like my uh, feeling super independent comfort just like being on my own you know all those things um, like forced me to like be social to like make friends outside of home or Mm -hmm. all the different things so I think that was you know, I'd say it more like a broadly uh, stronger impact on, you know, today. Um, and then the other thing is my mom introduced me to when I was, let's say, I don't know, 15 or younger. Um, my mom is like, like, former hippie, like meditation teacher, yoga teacher type vibe. Um, and um, she was studying this uh, Jewish uh, spirituality practice called Musar, which basically um, talks about like refining different traits, like patience or you know uh love or uh, whatever mm-hmm. um and it it one of the most like impactful lessons that i learned through that was definitely helped me be you know more powerful and strong you know in and everyday situations good and bad is this idea of like the it's called bahira point but it means like the choice point or let's say the trigger which is everyone has different triggers let's say yours is you know traffic is you know an easy one to talk about let's say someone's really triggered by traffic whatever um and obviously i guess that would be like under the trade of patience but mm-hmm. you get on the highway and you pull on and you see that you're just bumper to bumper to bumper for like you know miles and instantly most people sort of flow through life on autopilot and like they're triggered and then react like just like in a in a loop of like oof like I, on the highway see traffic boom like you're, you're you're pissed or i don't know whatever people who don't like traffic feel uh, frustrated and like uh, all the things but if you can identify what your triggers are and then almost like the matrix like see them in advance before they happen like you're pulling onto the highway you know like you see traffic but you know that you're triggered by traffic and therefore there's this almost like 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 extended time between you know uh like thing and response mm-hmm. um it allows you it empowers you to then choose like do you want to react that way or this way and yeah. if you know in which case who would ever i think you know or at least i'll speak from the eye like i would never then choose Don't bummed or angry or any of that because like it's not going to change the fact that i'm about to sit in traffic for the next you know however long and it will only like bring me down and then the if anyone's around like definitely like that energy would would yeah. spread so i think being uh equipped with that sort of tool early on for sure was one of the most impactful things in my life yeah, that's like a really good thing to practice. I should practice them. <laughs> Do you believe everything happens for a reason? 
Um, uh, so I talk a lot about this idea of like possibility and abundance or fear and scarcity and this concept where it's simply a lens that we live through or look through or experience life through. Um, and most of our lives were conditioned to operate through fear and scarcity. Like, am I good enough? Like, will this be okay? Do I look okay? Like, how are they out to get me? Are they going to screw me? Like, will this work? Um, and if you simply build the muscle to process anything that comes in through possibility and abundance, which is like, this is going to be great. The world has my back. I got this. We got this. Like, yalla, let's go. Then you, the, the way you navigate and flow through the world and what's possible to you um, through living into possibility and abundance, um, is, is, you know, um, like expansive, um, and, and, you know, I don't know, limitless. Yeah. And so as it relates to everything happening for a reason, you know, I don't believe that it's literally preordained that if I miss my flight, then like, I literally wasn't meant to be on my flight, Yeah. but I flip it into Shefa, which is like, Huh, I'm here. I'm alive. What a blessing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, so I, I flip it into like, it's all good. It's going to be great. Like now I'm here. So it's more of accepting what is mm-hmm. than, um, than believing that like, like if I got into, you know, an Uber and I got out on this place and I bumped into someone that like literally somehow we were like destined to like connect in that moment. I, it's nice, but I, that's, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that. Yeah. I see that. Okay. Next question. If a crystal ball could tell you anything about yourself, your life, your future, or anything else, what would you most want to know? Um, uh, who is my person and where is she at? Really? <laughs> For sure. When do I meet do her? Think, How do I meet her? Like, what, do you think that would cause you to like rush your life a little bit? Uh, no, I think it would like I think it would like help like stream out a lot of, like 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 filter out a lot of fluff. Yeah. streamline a lot of focus and um and I think it'd be nice yeah but who so you'd be letting like an outer force say well, is, does this crystal ball actually know the actual oh, so truth? it's something like you you would find like 10 years long let's say but you yeah that makes more sense okay interesting do you have a quote or a mantra that you live by for sure uh shefa right or True. blessing 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 shefa 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 blessing in the sense that like like two things one once upon a time like a, a year or two ago I was like getting ready to like I was feeling really good and like feeling really like connected with the world and I wanted to share that moment don't remember where I was and I was going to post a story and I was about to post hashtag blessed and then I was like ooh, wait a second <laughs> I don't want to be like hashtag blessed guy and then I was like whoa like what a shame that we're like gratitude shaming people who feel like the fact that they're like blessed in the moment like so I, like I'm, I'm you know starting a low key movement to like reclaim hashtag blessed, <laughs> uh, but if so if you'd like to join you know just use it change on um, and then separate to that, um the, my this concept on blessing is like like if you asked me at the end of a day that was like a hard day at work and like if you asked me like how you doing I was like oof like oh man today was tough um, that is true for me in that moment but like in that moment if you zoom out zoom out zoom out zoom out we're living in thousands and thousands of layers of blessings like just being alive mm-hmm. right like the fact that we can see and hear and think and feel and like smell and taste and like like in in live in new york city with like roofs overhead and food and seamless and all these things it's like we're living in like literally an abundance of blessings so like if i am able to like reframe or zoom out to like feel into that in that moment like it helps me with like sort of broader context that's like the email that I got from the client like didn't matter like yeah. zoom out blessed like um, and then abundance it, we just talked about possibility and abundance which is just like 
a way of being, a way of living, a way of thinking. And I say it a lot, but not always as like a, I'm feeling it like abundantly. It's also as much of a mantra, like calling it forth by saying it. It's like a reminder to like, keep it, keep creating it, you know, Mm -hmm. in my life. Not always like, oh yeah, I'm just feeling abundance. Like, what's up? It's not, it's not always that. It's more of like, you know, like drop my phone in the water, like Sheffa. Yeah. Right. Like, but yeah. Anyways. I like that. And that makes sense because you are always saying it. (laughs) (laughs) What do you love most about yourself? Uh, oof. Mm, Let's see. Um, my love for others, for people, for like my love for like connecting, uh, the energy and like people and spaces and experiences and events, um, sense of adventure, um, like low touch, like easy flow. Um, yeah, I'd say that. That's good. It's so funny that I interview a lot of people and they have so much trouble answering that. And like, we shouldn't have trouble recognizing what's great about us, you know? Mm. But it's true. Okay, I'm going to steal the question from your men's group. What are you feeling right now? (laughs) Hmm. In this moment? Yeah. I'm feeling calm. I'm feeling uh, connected. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling uh, content. Hmm. Like a, a smidgen tired. Um, yeah, uh, and I'm feeling good. Great. Okay, last question is the name of the podcast. How, in one sentence, how do you find solace in the city? Mm, community. Yeah. Full, full stop. Um, I, I have been blessed over the last few years to tap into a really, really extraordinary you know, family tribe of incredible humans, you know, of all different, you know, backgrounds and beliefs and, um, you know, uh, things, but, um, it's like core, core family. And yeah. it's, it fills me up when I'm like, you know, drained, it inspires me when I'm down and like, it like supports me in times of need and it like celebrates me in times of like triumph. And it's just so, so, so powerful. So important. Yeah. Just people. David, thank you so much for letting me interview you. No doubt. Blessings. Um, where can all my followers follow you and find you and uh, everything? I think the, the best would be Insta. I'm on Insta, at David Yaris, Y-A-R-U-S. Um, say what up. Cool. Um, so thanks again, and bye, everyone. Shefa. Shefa. <laughs>